Okay, so we're fi- we're finally here after putting my son to sleep, and uh, and poor David. David has been sitting here waiting uh, for an hour. So I really apologise, David, again uh, this evening, no mate, because it is quite late. But luckily, we're in the same continent, aren't we? We're in, we're in Japan together. Yes, it's not an issue. Not an issue. A bit far yes. away from each other, to be fair. But time zone is not an That's issue. That's true. Yeah, that's right. We're not, we're not, we're not so close, which is a shame because I, I, otherwise I would like to come and um, catch up with it with your gaming group and see what you guys are up to. But um, yeah, I've got, I've got a small office, so I usually game there where I've got like a six by four table if I'm going to play with the group instead of in my kitchen. Right. So yeah, it's Excellent. good for the group. Yeah, uh, yeah. But while I was waiting for you to uh, put your son to sleep and come on, I've been reading White Dwarf One Hundred Two. This is probably, but not definitely, the first white dwarf I ever bought. Wow, that's good because that's one of the things I was going to ask you. So that's excellent. And that that was in the larger format because I know I I bought one of those really old white dwarves and it was was quite larger in format than the the ones I had. Okay, Dark Future. Well, that's that's a really, well, that was that was actually one of the games most popular at the last Bring Out Your Lead. Really? Okay. Yeah, because yeah. I, I would love to get to bring out the year, but work. There's no way I can make that time slot yeah. to be long. Yeah. Now, have you actually played Dark Future? I have. Oh, many years ago. I bought it when it came out. Right. And my set is part built but not painted right. in my father's house in England still, which oh, maybe wow. I'll send over. <laughs> yeah. I worry the track, because it warps, it's quite thin cardboard. Mm. And in a British damp old house, oh, I've got a feeling all of the track will be kind of bent and not flat anymore, and probably smelling mildewy and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, yeah, I love the figures. I love the background. The novels are really good. They're Kim Newman, okay. So the writer who did Drakenfels, uh, what's his? What's his nom de plume for Warhammer? Well, he's got a different name. Uh, I know his real name is Kim Newman. Right. I can't remember. I've forgotten his name for the Warhammer novels. Okay. Not Jackie Oville, no. Yeah, Jackie anyway. Oville's another one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the novels are really good. And mm. this is not quite Warhammer. Well, it is Warhammer, but not fancy or sci fi. The background was actually bought for Cyberpunk. You oh, really? some background, so a lot of things are the same in Cyberpunk because Mike Pondsmith acquired the rights to the background, not oh, the name, right. but the kind of things like no go zones and things like that. Yeah, right. kind of obsessed by Cyberpunk yeah. as well. But as I was saying, this, this I think was my first. I bought it when I had a paper round, so I'd been right. 14 <laughs> when I bought this, yeah, uh, and. I don't know why it captivated me so much. I think it's the art of, what's his name? Uh, just remember, Pete Knifton. Yeah, Pete Knifton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or I Nifton. Think sorry, I think Pete Nifton, I think. Nifton, yeah. is it Nifton? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, Blood yeah. The Blood Bowl stuff just, I was big into American football at the time mm. and the Blood Bowl imagery. Uh, yeah, love it, love it. Uh, it's a great issue. Uh, here I actually have from White Dwarf 64 to 150. In, oh, in my wow. house, uh, a lot post the one I just showed you, I bought on eBay and paid stupid postage for. Right. <laughs> I, I don't know if you did the same, 
when so when I was buying these, I would cut the pages up to put the rules with the correct rule set. So most of those got lost in various moves and in kind of mm. my kind of life. Yeah. And you know, cutting pages, that's that's a space hog piece, that's a the VFRP piece, that's the one fantasy battle piece, yeah. which I kind of regretted. So I've ended up buying most of them again from eBay. Uh, and living in Japan now regretting I've got so many magazines because I don't have the space to keep them. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know what it's like. It's, uh, yeah. 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 In, a, in an apartment, it's, it's, it can be very tight. And, you know, when I first moved to Japan, I, we did live in an apartment. I live in a house now, which, you know, in contrast, isn't such a massive in a leap in space, square meters, square meters anyway, because Japanese houses are traditionally very, very small. But, um, you know, I've just got enough room to crank. Well, I've actually got a room, which is incredible. Um, yeah, my I, wife, I my you, wife yeah. let me have a room, so it was good. I, I, I fought tooth and nail, mate, to get this bloody room. I can tell you now. <laughs> I wasn't backing down on it. <laughs> my, my, wife is, my wife is very forgiving. The yeah. kitchen is full of my wargaming stuff. I've got lots of Muji plastic drawers with miniatures uh, all my books on shelves in the kitchen she's very forgiving i can't yeah, complain about that yeah, uh, yeah it's uh, life is as it is uh yeah going back to firsts i actually have the first mini i ever bought he got painted this year oh wow. cool I bought it in 1987 amazing <laughs> there he is space marine with las cannon wow that is a golden oldie, that one. That's for sure. Yeah. yeah. It's travelled the world with me, mm. but never got painted till this year. And it's been one of the plus sides of COVID, if that's the right way to put it. Yeah. I've really hit the painting in a big way, uh, which has helped me kind of play more games and feel less kind of stressed about yeah. stuff I'm doing nothing with. Why am I keeping it? What am I doing with it? Uh, yeah. 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 Uh, it hasn't featured in a battle report yet, but it will. Uh, one where hopefully he won't die. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because, right. you know, I sort of discovered you through your blog, and I think yeah. that was born through COVID, wasn't it? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, as I mentioned before we started recording, the main impetus was talking to Henry Hyde and realizing I've got all these things that I can be doing stuff with, and why am I not doing stuff with them? Mm. Just because of the I want somebody to play against rather than just play by myself. And I just thought, no, I can play out narratives. I roll up randomly and just enjoy the game and don't treat it like chess against myself. Don't treat it like a tactical challenge. Mm. Set a story, set an objective and see how it turns out and then write about it. And that's been really good. Uh, writing skills, mm, but you know, I'm enjoying the game. so. Yeah, no, the, the writing is good, mate. I, I read it today because admittedly, I'm not a blog user. I, I don't use blogs. I don't use forums anymore. But I wanted to have a look at what you what you had been doing over the past, you know, what, maybe about a year or so, I think, I suppose. Eh? You started in 2020. Uh, it's probably, I want to say it's closer to eight months. Rather eight months, year. right. Yeah. I was trying to post once a week. Some of the beginning it was twice a week. But yeah. work, yeah. And I, I'm, you know, a couple of weeks I've missed, but not not too bad. I've mostly kept with once a week. Uh, 
And the blog for me, which is Tales from the Cantuala Sector, for anyone listening, uh, is, uh, <laughs> is also a way of me kind of dealing with a bit of homesickness. Yeah. So a lot of the things are references to people I've known or things in my life. So uh, the Cantuala Sector, Cantuala is Kent in Old English. I'm from Kent in England. Right, right, right. Uh, my Space Marine chapter, the Wardens of Jubris. Jubris is the Latin for Dover. I'm from Dover, uh, and Dover has the Lord Warden who's in charge of the sink ports, which is uh, a minor title that's really just ceremonial nowadays, but had a strong role. Uh, mm-hmm. And a lot of things are named after my friends and family and teachers, and especially the bad guys. <laughs> <Okay. remember. laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, it's a good way to kind of get things out. And, try to show what you can do on a small space mm. because I'm playing in that game on a two by two board right. uh, and by limiting my figure count to a 10 a side at the most mm. sometimes I bring in reinforcements the table doesn't look too crowded I think if you go up to the 20 a side you've just got no room to move Yeah. Uh, and if I'm really honest I think 40k rogue trader that is works better at the small scale. I don't think it works very well in a large battle. Yeah. Uh, there are too many exceptions and other rules that are problematic, uh, I think. Yeah. I don't know how much road trade you ever played. Never played it, mate. I never played it. I had, I had a very rude uh, <laughs> brother of a friend who came over. He was in the Navy, and I can just remember him uh, effing and blinding <laughs> In my house when I was about 17, I think, 16 or 17, on the on the floor of our dining room, I think it was at that stage. And, yeah, I was a bit embarrassed because my, my parents, not my parents wouldn't mind, but my parents were in the other room and he was like, you know, effing and seeing all this kind of stuff. And that, that's the only thing I can remember about 40K Rogue Trader, mate. He was trying to explain the rules and that kind of thing, but we never actually got to play it. So, and, yeah, sorry, after you no, I was going to say, it's one of those things that, yeah, I, I wish, you know, I was talking to one of the guys from um, Bring Out Your Lead who went there, I think Jeff and um, and those guys. Yeah, if I if I go to Bring Out Your Lead, I'll definitely give it a go or give give it a go if someone's actually playing Rogue Trader because it's just a case of actually finding people who actually play it, I think, too. Well, at some point, maybe if my wife lets me, I might head up your way with the rule. Yeah. <laughs> Um, let's do it we've got minis we can use it yeah, later yeah, yeah. Like, we'll uh, <laughs> sure, mate. Yeah. I think with a good scenario uh, so again the old memory I was part of the reason why I was searching these in one of these white dwarves the larger format there is a paranoia scenario uh, paranoia the role playing game if you're not okay with that where they're transported to the 40k universe and it's an orc versus troubleshooters and it's in a really small uh, old Citadel floor plot, Judge Dredd floor plan set. Uh, and it's a, it's a great cracking orcs versus humans. I think it's like eight aside and it's a good little scenario. And I think that's the strength of Rogue Trader. Play a scenario, play a story and see how it turns out. Uh, I don't, I love the Warhammer Siege book. It's oh, a great me too. Book. Oh, yeah. It's, it's beautiful. Yeah. But 
I don't really want to use it as a road trader. There are rules for it. And I like I like the robots. I like the dreadnoughts, but I just think it's it's too many rules. Uh, and it's mixing. I'm diving around subjects here. Sorry about this. Rogue Trader is essentially one Fantasy Battle Second Edition with the 40k tweak. And Siege is built for third edition. So you're trying to, and they're not that different, to be fair. They're not that mm. different. Mm. Uh, but you're trying to make games simpler. You're bolting on rules that come from a more complicated game. I don't always think they work very well together. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, but yeah, so Rogue Trader is a, a love of mine. Uh, yeah, for many, always. I said my, my original copy over here. I have a softback and a hardback. The hardback fell to pieces, as you'd expect uh, from Rogue Trader. Uh, yeah, it's an it's a amazing game centered around, well, sort of my blog anyway, is centered around kind of random characters from my childhood. Or my wife. She's the uh, yeah. captain of my smuggling oh, crew. How privileged, how privileged is, is she? You can tell it on the, on the, in the coffee table when you're having breakfast. Yeah. Well, also in the game, she's not digesting. Yeah. We should have. Well, that's good. It's even better. Yeah, she's living up a reputation. Then that's good. That's nice, mate. That's excellent. Um, yeah, no, we'll definitely have to do that. We've got to, we've got to play Rogue Trader. I've got to play Rogue. I've got to want to play third edition fantasy too because it's my gateway into the hobby. So you should start with me with my first edition. Well, that'll be even better. I'm happy, mate. I'm happy to play first edition, second edition, the whole, the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's all good. I, I like you started with third edition. That, that's fancy battle wise. So I started with Rogue Trader, which I bought off my friend at school. And this is the deal five pounds. I got the rule book, chapter approved, and dungeon quest. Wow. Fiver. Wow. Uh, Fiver. Jeez. So, uh, but to be fair, essentially, first, second, and third edition Roman Fantasy Battle are not that different. Uh, the, the core is the core of Warhammer. The turn sequence doesn't change. The rolling charts don't change. Uh, the, the main thing I love about first edition is instead of having numbers for toughness, uh, one, two, three, five, six, nine, ten, it has letters. Uh, let me see if I can find it on the, not the two wound table, the two kill table. Uh, it, it's less kind of a, PC, but it, it, it talks about you've got A, B, C, D, E, F, mm. uh, and they're rated weak, average, large, troll, giant, dragon. So you can kind of picture it more what the toughness of the creature is going to right. be from the description. And, and like your weapon skills rated uh, inexperienced, poor, normal, proficient, but they correspond to one, two, three, four, five. It's just it's the same chart essentially. Sure, uh, yeah. Uh, so if you know third, if you know fifth, I played fifth uh, a bit in the early 2000s. And I liked fifth edition mm. because it got rid of some of the complications of third edition and it ironed out a few issues. But essentially, I knew the game, it hadn't changed that much or that That's radically. Well, it was really the magic system, wasn't it, that really changed dramatically, I think. Yeah. 
well, the better, I think. <laughs> so, <laughs> but I'm willing to, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah. It, it, it seemed a lot crazier in, in third edition from, from, from my memory anyway of, of magic, um, you know, summoning demons and that kind of thing, which you couldn't kill unless you had like a magic item and that kind of stuff. So, Summoning demons was a good way to lose the game yourself. Yeah. If you failed oh. the control role, the game was over. Right. <laughs> I played a few games where my friend would summon a demon and wipe out both armies. Yeah, right. Okay. But if I, if I, if I'm really honest about it, even my third edition gaming, which for fantasy was my biggest gaming, was mostly Realms of Chaos Warbands mm. because it's the kind of scale of game I seem to prefer using the Warhammer rules. Yeah. Uh, nice small warband that gets experience, changes, gets better. And you see the characters grow or die. Right. Completely unbalanced. Again, did you have you read the Realms of Chaos Rule books? I had the books and I looked through them, but I didn't really read them in depth. And then I sold them. It's kind that of the story a of my life, really, isn't it? That was <laughs> so a mistake. Had it, sold it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I've sold some of my books by Fancy Battle but I always kept the realms of chaos. Mm. Like they just, yeah, they were never being sold. They'd sell a tape together to keep, keep them as they are uh, yeah. because that lore and that background just was something I couldn't really let go of. Uh, and as a game, it's nuts. It's, there's no balance. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite games, I rolled a goblin champion with one follower. It's an orc. That's my warband. My, my friend rolls a level 25 dark elf with some level three different things and just like, what was my gobo going to do? <laughs> I'm a follower now. What am I going to do? Yeah, it's, we're afraid of you. You outnumber us. Uh, yeah, so, but a lot of fun and a lot of using the narrative tables. I keep going back to this. It's the, for me, it's really the, the storytelling on the table. Mm. The win or lose, I don't really care. Yeah. very much for uh, yeah and pushing pretty painted fixes around the table yeah. is also good yeah. of course man. yeah i think i think that's a big part as you're getting getting older like you know as you say the competitive side the, the losing winning well i've always lost games i mean very rarely would i win a game anyway and but it's always the memories is always the fun that was the most part of it and yeah Especially, especially for me, you know, playing fourth and fifth edition and second edition 40k, it is all the rolling of the charts. It's all the craziness, randomness. That's that's the fun part of it, you know. Yeah, I, I never fourth was when I dropped out of Warhammer, uh, and I was playing a lot more. I never dropped out of gaming. Mm -hmm. I just kind of switched what I was playing. I was still playing historical gaming, uh, but I was also role playing and cards card games like magic had kind of kicked in and that kind of moved me away uh, from Warhammer and especially with the change of the edition. This is going to sound very strange, but I preferred the Empire before it was made into Renaissance with all the pikes and steam tanks. I, I'm a bit more, I like the army book, Empire Army, which is more medieval, more kind of War of the Roses, I would guess, kind of period. Yeah. Uh, but that's just, yeah. My preference. Uh, 
Yeah, I, I like I like them both. I mean, it's it, I know what you mean. I know, if you look at Chaos Dwarves, for example, I was thinking about that today because I was talking to the Chaos Dwarves online guys today on Discord. But you know, you, you think that's a massive transition between third and fourth edition. Yeah, you know, they chaos. went yeah they went from these you know almost chaos mutated looking dwarves in chaos in full plate armor to more of these kind of you know uh, Babylonian sort of style designs that um you know went sort of became very much a 50 50 thing for people in their minds of whether they would like it or not it was a i think the, the theme didn't bother me it's the mm. sculpting style it was really cartoony uh and that's kind of a feeling i had for fourth it seemed just more cartoony yeah. which is not a bad thing uh but it's just it didn't kind of tick the boxes for me uh yeah uh, yeah, and just it's personal taste, you know. I, yeah. Even with my, my squats, uh, I have squats, not not disease, miniature space dwarves. Uh, yeah, but I still prefer the Perry twins squats over the later squats as a personal choice uh, because the character, I know, just something about the design often does it more for me. Likewise, Bob Nadesmith, for me, sculpted a my image of a space marine uh just i'm old i know this <laughs> i'm getting worse to get older that's fine man yeah we all we'll have a you know i think wherever you started in the hobby is where you form your bases in your mind of what it should be like yeah. of what that aesthetic design should be and then when it when it changes for me it was like you know when it changed to sixth edition I was out to completely. I, I couldn't give a damn what they did after that. It was just awful for me. Yeah, they destroyed it. You know what I mean? But yeah, so fifth edition, I was actually painting armies in Japan to go back. So I, I moved to Japan in 2000. Wow. Uh, okay. And I was painting armies to go back to Britain and play against my friends uh, in, in Britain. I spent maybe once a year. Uh, and when sixth came out, we kind of stopped. We still played with the fifth edition armies occasionally, but yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good army. It's like a three thousand point empire army. I have wow. somewhere in my father's house, sitting there, uh, doing nothing, gathering dust. <laughs> but one of the transitions I found, as I just mentioned to you earlier, I've gone back to figures I never had, or you know, I've gone very much into the pre-slaughter for my fancy figures now. Uh, I, there's something about the the look of them that I just really enjoy. Uh, lead rot is a massive problem in Japan. I don't know, you won't have had this problem if you're painting kind of fourth and third edition metals, but if you're painting early 80s stuff, get some varnish on them quickly because just everything mm. in this moisture-ridden atmosphere Ned Rot's just kicking into everything that I've had here. And it's depressing when you're prepping a figure and you had to scrape its stomach away because all of the lead metals just disintegrating in your hands. Yeah. Wow. Well, not a good feeling, lead rot. Yeah. No, I've never I've never experienced it, mate. So it it basically what what the lead just sort of just what? just rots away like like it sort of rusts or something or they're, they're not 
lead figures are not pure lead. There's an alloy. Uh, so in the early 80s, in all manufacturing, manufacturing, they used really substandard other metals when they made the alloy for, for the mini. And it's not the lead that's rotting. It's the other, other metals within the lead. Mm. So it just, it just turns to powder. Mm. It becomes white. It has a very unique smell. If you've been around it, you'll know it. Uh, and so I had to look up how to treat it at the V&A because they have a lot of lead things from the Victorian era what to do and how to treat it and there's not much you can do other than remove it seal it and paint wow. it uh, so if anyone collects old figures off ebay be careful mm. you can't tell from a picture it, it will look all right it'll be an off color white but the minute you touch it you're like that's crumbling in my hands mm. uh, so but post, I think, like 87, it shouldn't be a problem. So post 87, you'll be fine. Okay, so they've changed the, uh, the metal recipe? Yeah. Yes, right. they maybe had more money. So they could get a better alloy and charge a bit more for it. Uh, and then when oh, you went to one of the white, white metal, it's not a problem. No. Right, okay. Well, I think, I think I should be in the clear then. Thank you very much. David, <laughs> so I think I don't think I've anything. I don't think I've anything uh, pre eighty seven in my collection. Um, it's all very much eighty, maybe eighty eight, eighty nine, nineties kind of thing. Yeah, people, so. people. And they're probably being cast way after, way way after they were released anyway. I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. That being said, actually, I've got some minutes. I may have to put in the post for you. You have to give me your address. After we finish, I don't know what, that sounds very nice. Sounds never very gonna use them. Never, never going to use them. Just sit on the shelf. Wow. Okay, that's, that's a nice Christmas present. Thank you very much. I have to reciprocate, mate. I've got probably got something, uh, a few things for you, mate. That's uh, yeah. So thank you. No problem. <laughs> just sit <sitting> there. Yeah. <laughs> I've got stacks and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so I was, I was thinking before I came on here. Yeah. I've got Warhammer first, second, and third edition. Why? Uh, I love the books, but I'm just a hoarder. <laughs> I'm playing Road Traders, that's fine. There's a definite keeper. Uh, and I, I'm going to be playing first edition. Why do I need second? Why do I need third? Uh, third I would always keep because, as we said earlier, it's what I started with. But yeah, I bought that box set before the old hammer boom kicked in on eBay. So I got a very reasonable price for second edition. Uh, whereas now it's all a bit mad on prices. Uh, and minis go the same. Uh, just, yeah, it's all a bit insane at the moment with prices. So why is third edition you know, Hale is like being the ultimate edition in the old Hammer community. Not why not first and second? I think because a lot of the people are our age, and <laughs> it's where you started. Uh, so first edition has so I, I like old school Warhammer wargaming rules. I started wargaming with Donald Featherstone. Wow, uh, really? When I was thirteen. Wow. Uh, before I found fantasy, I was always into historical things rather than fancy things. And some of the mechanisms like morale 
uh, you know, all your cool leadership tests are, and route tests are very old school. Uh, roll a D6, check a chart. One, four plus, you're fine. Under a four, you're going to fail. You're going to run away or be disrupted. It's very much a 1960s, 70s kind of approach to morale. Uh, that changes with second edition, and second edition is very like first edition, uh, third edition. Uh, I don't know if it's whether the white dwarf art was better. So, if you have an older white dwarf, so this came out in 1983, 1983 when this came out, it's barely mentioned in White Dwarf. White Dwarf is like a mostly a role playing magazine and a, a minis catalog, it's not really talked about. Whereas by the time you get third edition, White Dwarf pretty much is stopping most of its role-playing sections. Uh, and it's focusing most on the Warhammer games. So it gets all the love, it gets all the kind of detailed things. And then from there, they then use those to make the expansion books which, you know, first edition, there's one expansion box set. And it's this one, Force of Fantasy. This is the only expansion first edition had. Uh, so, and this is just kind of more detailed army lists and how to build your armies and things. Uh, and some very, very amusing ideas of what I'm assuming Brian Ansel thought were good idea, good names for necromancers like Nick, the necromancer, and Colin, the necromancer. I guess not. The Book of Battalions shows kind of the age uh, of this edition, and it's not as nicely presented. You know, by third edition, you've got the better, you've got color photographs, you've got photos of minis. You know, there are some beautiful pictures in this book by uh, Tony Auckland. Beautiful pictures, but there are no mini pictures in this book. It's all hand-drawn stuff. It's all black and white. And second edition, I think, is the same. Uh, a third, you've got beautiful colour. You've got how to make a wargaming table. You've got a real push to sell the hobby. I think that's a big and important part of it. Uh, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, we'll have to we'll have to play first, second, and third at some point. Then, David. Yeah. Put that on the calendar, man. Got to do it. Yeah. And first, remember, is not. It's a mass combat fantasy role playing game. Mm. Uh, with book three, how to role play using Warhammer. So it's, it's a definite. Kind of contender against chainmail and D and D is what it's aimed at. I think. Uh, yeah, that'd be cool. Uh, yeah. But, uh, but also, I know you're a big Epic fan, mm. and I, I used to play Epic. I've got Epic models. I've got a Space Marine box set that's just sitting there doing nothing. Uh, so we'll have to have a game of Epic. I've got nothing painted. <laughs> Oh mate, that's brilliant! I love Epic. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think I think it's because that not only was it a, such a great system, it's just that it was so accessible to get into, more so than the Warhammer uh, of fourth edition because you needed so many models. Yeah. 
but I've never played the first edition of Epic, which I'm very curious about also. Okay, I've only got Space Marine. I don't know which edition that is. That's, it, depending on the cover, uh, blue, is it? Blue Space Marine guy with a bolt gun. Uh, is, it, is it? Is it? Is it? Okay. Well, if it, if it's the blue covered one, it's the second edition. If it's like the black and orange colored one with the dark angels on the front, no, uh, in the blue, black armor. Blue. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's, then you got the second edition. Yeah. yeah. So I, I used to play Adaptus Titanicus and then Epic in Deal Wargaming Club when I was a teenager, and one of the guys had painted four armies. So he had loyalists, traitors, orcs, and Eldar. And we just played with his, I never bought a mini or, and I loved it. I loved, again, talking about Marmite figures. I love the old plastic Warlord Titans. They were the, kind of the beetle shell, uh, which I'm sure as minis, they're quite ugly nowadays. But when I think Titan, that's what I think. I don't think cathedral on your shoulder pads, kind of Warlord Titan. Uh, yeah, but I would love a game of that. Just mm. thought I'd throw it out there. Yeah, mate. Yeah, we're definitely gonna play that. Oh, I love it. I can play it. I can play it every weekend, no problem. I used to do that. I used to play it every weekend with a good mate of mine in Australia, and just yeah, never got tired of it, never got sick of it. I don't know why we stopped playing it. Actually, I don't know why. It's just buried, buried with my bad memory. I think whatever whatever happened or whatever changed. I think maybe Titan Legions came out, and I think it just got too big and too crazy at that stage. Yeah. With a concept, I, I looked at Net Epic, and it just. I might be unfair to the guys who did Net Epic because I know it's a fan base thing. Just the format, the I don't know what it was. It just when I was reading it, I wasn't enjoying reading it. Uh, it seemed more complicated than it needed to be. Uh, but yes. If, if you really want to play Net, 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 uh, Net Epic, if I can say it, uh, I've never played it, but I think all you need to do to get the experience of that, all you need to do is just make it that you can alt, uh, alternate moving. Because in, in second edition, when in the moving phase, one player moves all of his forces and then the mm -hmm. other player moves all his forces. If you just want to play Net Epic, just do that. Just play, just play alternate and moving, which was the first edition Epic. Uh, which I found out later was part of the first first edition of Epic rules, which in second edition they changed. That's all you really need to do, and you've really got essentially net Epic. They they changed, they adjusted some of the point values, or they adjusted some others. Obviously, they did a lot more of the work, but um, yeah, yeah, maybe I'll maybe I'll tackle net Epic in the future, but I'm happy with just playing it out of the box. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. There are a lot of kind of clones and things, but. I've got the game sitting in my house. Why do I want to see somebody else's modifications? Uh, yeah, and part of me, I want to enjoy the games as written uh, and see what I can do with it. Uh, yeah. I have a, a box of squat infantry, the squat box. I have a box of Imperial Guard infantry sitting, sitting in the sprues still. Wow. <laughs> they won't be getting your lead rot, that's for sure. Yeah, you're no. safe. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, again, like, like most of us at our age, are kind of, I'm just collecting stuff that I'm not necessarily always using. Uh, and I think this year, as well as painting more, which has been great, and blogging, which has been a great release, trying to focus myself a bit more and go stop trying to buy everything from your childhood. 
and, and choose one or two things and stick to those things. So I haven't bought any more rogue trader figures. I want to say for a year and a half, which doesn't sound great, but for me, that is great. Okay. <laughs> that being said, I did just get my Kickstarter in from the, some of the Tim Prow who oh, were diehard. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He did some war bots. So I don't really have, I don't want to pay the price for the original road trader bots that I love, but I don't want to pay the price. So, you know, there's got like a 2000 AD, yes, not 2000 AD, Hammerstein and uh, Mongrel, there's his main body. I will paint him, he will appear at some point on the blog. Uh, yeah, uh, I love the old robots, but it's a little beyond what I want to pay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's fair enough. Yeah, the I was looking at the um the Renegade, uh, Chaos, Dreadnought, the Perry twin twins Dreadnought. Oh, it's yeah. beautiful, isn't it? It is. The worst thing is my Renegade Dreadnought is has been hacked up and is on some Inquisitor conversions, stuck to plastic D and D Wizards of Coast minis. Wow. <laughs> If you yeah, think about it, I cry. Yeah, that's oh, been sucked through the warp and back, isn't it? <laughs> so I go to an old green, like uh, not an old green, uh, an etin, a plastic crappy Wizards of the Coast etin, two-headed ogre kind of figure. Cut the bottom off, cut the legs of the Chaos Dreadnought, stuck it to the Chaos legs. I'm like, I've hacked up a beautiful old school mini there. Yeah. And this was a, a long time ago now, uh, when I was playing Inquisitor. Uh, the 54 mil. Oh, really? You played that? Yeah. Yes, I loved it. I think it's a great game. Uh, right. uh, but again, it's, I have the books here. As I said, I can, because I've played a lot of old school games, as in 1960s, 1970s, wargaming, the Inquisitor rules aren't that revolutionary. They're basically a development of a set of cowboy rules from the 1970s, which are percentile based shooting. Uh, and I can see, and Jarvis Johnson mentions the cowboy rules in, in the blurb and Inquisitor, uh, and it, they turn up in Donald Featherson's skirmish wargaming. I can really see kind of the roots of the games coming through. Uh, I loved Inquisitor. Five figures aside, mm. fifty-four wow. mil, fifty-four mil. Gotta love it. <laughs> Yeah, that, that was a Jervis game, was it? I didn't know that. Yeah, I think it's no, I think it might be Gav Thorpe, but there's right. a, a prologue by just about two seconds. Okay, mate. Yeah, go and go and have a look. Um, uh, I can still hear you. You can still hear me. Okay, well, this, that's interesting because I've always wanted to try that at some point, but um, well, there you go. There it is, Inquisitor. Uh, the scale is very interesting to me. It was a very big departure from anything that Games Workshop ever did, and they've, they've, not, they've never done it again. They're, they're beautiful miniatures. They're wonderful. I had all of them. I still have them in my dad's house. I have yeah. my favourite one here, which is the gunslinger with two guns. Right. Uh, it's Gav Thorpe is credited with writing the rules. Huh. But they are just an expansion of the confrontation rules. Oh, yeah. Which becomes Necromunda but completely changes to a 40k set of rules rather than the percentile set of rules. And the original percentile set of rules. 
uh, these models. Uh, You've probably seen them. I love these figures. They're just great, Uh, especially the, uh, not the Demo so much, Eisenhorn, of course, uh, but the Arco Flagellant is such a great figure. Uh, But yeah, again, sadly, very overpriced now and lots of recasts. Right. It's a good book. I bought it when it came out. and if you want a, a narrative game where most of our ideas of the Inquisition come from, it, it's from this book. Yeah. Uh, and even the Eisenhorn novels were written about a miniature in this game, uh, then spurned into the novels, which are not bad reads either. Uh, but yeah, we can. We can play that in 28 mil, probably. It's pretty easier. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, there, there is a 28 mil Inquisitor movement out there, isn't it, in Facebook or something, I think. Yeah. Yes, yeah. It just makes sense. We've got lots of minis at that scale yeah. rather than buying all new minis and things. Uh, but they yeah. were fun uh, for the brief period it was then. I had all the... At the same time, Mordheim kind of came out and they had the journals... This is not Old Hammer. Sorry, Old Hammer fans. This is Middle Hammer, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. A book from the 2000s is 20 years old. It's old, okay. Uh, I, I, I have issues with purists. Yeah. Any game that's, I don't know, fifth edition below for me is old. A game that's 20 years old is not new. I, I don't, you have a, a problem with people talking about hell even eighth edition if you want to on a page with me showing your minis talking about it you're playing a game that's out of print that's fine by me it doesn't bother me uh, too many purists that's true yeah i've noticed that on the um on especially the facebook group in the old hammer facebook yeah. group now, i'm talking about the original one mm-hmm. i mean that's changed a lot i mean that's that's you know that's I mean, it was before, I mean, I'm talking about like four or five years ago. I mean, that was strictly Old Hammer and you couldn't, I, I was too scared to post anything else that was not Old Hammer on there because, you know, I was, I was, I was sort of kind of a bit worried of being, being criticized by, um, by posting things that were sort of, you know, around about like 90, 91, 92. Yeah. See, that's just wrong. It, sh- it should be fun. Uh, yeah, I still go to the Old Hammer forum group. I still post uh, on there, although it's not that much activity anymore. Yeah, uh, I don't think. Uh, but I, I post on my blog post there, and you might not have seen it. I posted at one of my conversions for a not conversion really. I painted a Halloweeny figure, a Carrion Rider, third edition Carrion Rider. I don't know if you know the mini. Yeah, I know the one. It's a Marauder miniature? Oh, no, no, no. It's it's pre-Marauder. Oh, really? Wow. Okay. Then I don't know. See, I was never scared about my minis being too new. I was all scared that my painting is not very good. (laughs) (laughs) Facebook page, because my painting isn't very good. Uh, This is the Carrion Rider, which, sorry, people... That's that's a Marauder miniature. Is it? Yep. I think that's a Trish Trish Morrison one, I think. Yeah. Then I went a bit mad. I love on those models. Yeah, mate. Uh, <laughs> I wanted to hide 
what the wire go up its guts. Right. <laughs> I got a bit carried away. It's yeah, a good, it's a good little diorama though. It's very nice. Uh, yeah. So this is kind of a, a pre-slaughter figure that had lots of bad lead rock, so most of the details uh, were gone. Right. So I thought I'll have as a ghost instead. Uh, yeah, I was yeah. pretty happy with that. But yeah, that's good, mate. That's good. Yeah, if you saw it close up, you wouldn't. But it's fine for my table. It's fine for yeah. my table. Yeah, yeah, nice. Yeah, I love those carrying models. I absolutely love those figures. I think they're just brilliant. I have the one Reapers more. Carrions are great. Yeah. I have one more, but it's still painted in the enamels that I painted in originally, uh, oh, and it's right. very colourful. <laughs> It's like blues and reds and yellows. No idea what I was thinking about. <laughs> no idea at all. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, completely out of scale. The riders are too small. I love it. Yeah, I think they're great. They're so cute. So, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I've got some, again, here I'm going to be heathen. I've got some Roll Partha, uh, Death Knights of Crin, who may serve as my skeletal cavalry. In my Ooh. undead force that's building up with Lord Soth. I love Lord Soth, right. man. Oh, I love Dragon Lance. Yeah, that, that, yeah, that harks just, back down yeah. to the, the good old days of DD for me. Yeah, I love it. You know, nothing nothing beats you know the the the, the artwork of you know Jeff Easley mm -hmm. um of that time just you know just blew me away. You know, the books did too. I love the books. You know, that's yeah. that's old hammer to me too. Yeah, you know, essentially, yeah. I think the Facebook group is getting better with that sort of thing. Yeah, with allowing non Citadel figures. I think I posted my Grenadier Cyclops from like nineteen eighty-two or three, and my TSR Hill Giant because I use them in my skirmish games. So I don't really see why I should kind of hide them away. I'm I'm playing Warhammer. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, th I think all that sort of stuff, you know, Grandier, the Copperstone castings, even things that are recent like um Stargrave, you know, that, that's got a really old hammer feel to it for me. You know what I mean? And, yeah. You know, all the Star does, you know, that, that sort of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, there's some there's some great great figures, some of the more civilian figures, because generally like I said earlier, the narrative is important getting enough civilian figures is a problem sometimes that you know you'll see on my blog the same civilian figures pop up because there are only so many yeah <laughs> it's the same scientist tech priest coming yeah. again and again because it's about the only scientist figure uh no I, I would like more choice on that sort of thing uh, mm. and yeah there are some good things like i said i like diehard miniatures they're a bit big you know scale wise i've got a i've got this which is not going to show again sorry for people not looking at the camera this is one of his newest chaos women it's got like a three arms it's pretty cool mm. when you put her next to the space marine the space marine is tiny yeah it is isn't it yeah i can see a massive scale creep there big time. Millie, he's quite small anyway even compared to two years later space marines but yeah, and yeah she's a giant she's a giant mutant that's okay 
Uh, Maybe Tim sort of sculpting it towards more of the modern sort of stuff nowadays. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know this because I can't sculpt, <laughs> but I assume bigger is easier. Paint, yeah, to paint certainly, but yeah, to sculpt. Maybe for those guys to design them. Yeah, yeah. you're right. Yeah. Even these robots, these robots are huge. Uh, yeah, which works for a robot. Uh, that's just the body without the arms. And, right. Yeah, it's probably bigger than my dreadnoughts, to be honest. Uh, yeah. Uh, I really <laughs> should get around to painting some orc stuff as well. I've got orcs. Nice. Uh, space rain that Raiders set. Yep. It's been sitting on my shelf for about 30 years. Wow, it's time, mate. It's time for sure. <laughs> I, I really, this is a common thread. I'm not sure if it's just me. I've listened to one of your previous guests, not the last one, the one before, whose name I've completely forgotten. The guy that was organizing Bring Out Your Lead. Oh, Garth. Yes. Yeah. And I get a feeling maybe it's not just me because when he was talking about how many things, unpainted armies he ever had, I'm, I'm very similar. I have lots of figures that's just come through me, me throughout my life. Mostly survived all my moving, mostly. Uh, there are a few things that have disappeared that I don't know where they've gone. I might have sold them to buy beer at uni, which is the problem. Uh, uh, so. So where you are, is there much of a scene for your older games or? Nope. <laughs> I've managed to con in some people to play some fifth edition with me, which is incredible. Um, yeah, because that, that all sort of, the revival sort of started about three, four years ago, maybe. <clears throat> when, I really got jump, when, I, when I jumped back into it, you know, the podcast started, you know, like a year ago. And um, yeah, what about three years ago? Yeah, about three years ago. And I, right. And I look at my cabinet now, it's amazing how much stuff I painted. I mean, I, I, I paint like a madman, you know. It's my stuff. Very well, by the, oh, thank you. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I've just been painting like an absolute crazy person, you know, trying to get a lot of armies done and stuff. But it's never enough. You know, I can I can look at my cabinet and say, well, you know, I need, I need to finish off my skaven. My dwarves need to be finished off. My orc and goblins still need stuff done to them. And I'm looking at the dwarves and painters right now. I'm really jealous. Yeah, I love my dwarves, mate. Yeah, I absolutely love my dwarves. Yeah, it's it's it was the, it was the army that if I had, you know, and I have got it now, but you know, I'll be really just happy to have that. You know what I mean? Like, you're quite. Happy I'm with all the dwarves, love. I'm I'm a priest, lot of dwarf man these days. Priest, oh, yeah. lot of dwarf man. Uh, yeah. And nothing compared to your banners or your work, but I uh, experimented with. This is the original pre-slaughter standard bearer. It's the only one I found that's still got the icon on oh, top. Oh, right. Is it Red Dragon? Yeah. Nearly all of them, because it's soft lead, nearly all of them, the banners are broken. Yeah. I'm a gloss varnish man for my old hammer figures, which nice. most people hate. <laughs> hate. And it makes it really hard to photograph when you've gloss varnished it. This is yeah. the banner I give my guy here. Oh, cool. That's great. Uh, I tried the tin foil method. Right, yeah. One of the white dwarf heavy metal sections by John yeah. Blanche. Yeah. So that's aluminium foil 
So don't look too closely or you see where I've pressed too hard. And when I was going to say, it'd be incredibly brittle. I was, I was thinking about doing the, the, and that turned out really well though, mate, but I was thinking about doing it with the aluminum four, but I was just worried it was going to tear. It'd be so brittle. Yeah. Once you've, so the actual drawing on is not so bad. I did it with a blunt pencil mm. uh, and drew out. The design is a copy of a picture in Weimaramis, right. uh, one of the raw banners. So yeah, the actual design wasn't a problem, but I mismeasured it. And the pole I'd made wasn't big enough. <laughs> so instead of trimming the banner, I cut the pole and made a new one that was longer. Right. <laughs> but a few times I'd pressed by accident and it doesn't rip, it just indents. And you can't get the indent out once in. Uh, so if you look closely at that, you would see there are lines that shouldn't be there, mm. which doesn't show so bad on the black, but might show worse on a more colourful banner, I'm not sure. Mm. But once, once I folded it over and glued it, because I've double-sided it, and probably the reverse came out better than the front, but what can you do? Uh, it holds the shape really well, and once it's double-glued, it's, it's fairly robust, it's quite oh, hard. That's good, isn't it? Yeah. I was going to give it a try for one. I want to give it a try. Yeah, mate. Yeah, I'm definitely so give it a try. Uh, yeah. I've got one more standard bearer to do and about 60 dwarfs. Oh, <laughs> right. Wow. Okay. Uh, this is the dwarf tribes, I think they were called. And there was lots of, they're all Perry twins sculpts. Same body, different head. Uh, lots of different kind of sculpts. So you get the same kind of axe wielding, but with a different helmet or no helmet, some of the different armor and things. Because yeah, essentially these are the same pose. Again, sorry for people who are listening. Uh, the two figures are the same pose, but the right. heads are different. Gotcha. Uh, yep. Yeah. Amazing. Uh, yeah. Great figures. Mm. Yeah, that's that's really old school, mate. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't, I can't say anything like that of that particular pedigree or that age, unfortunately. But yeah, um, yeah, pre-slaughter, wow. But there's some really good classic ones in there, especially the Perry Dwarves. They had some really nice pre-pre uh, pre slotted uh, figures that I can remember. And that was back <laughs> in the day when the catalogs were just drawn in; they just drew in, the, they were, the, the, yeah. the miniatures. They didn't actually have photographs. Yeah. I have a feeling that some of the drawings are drawn first, then the minis are painted from the drawing, I think is probably right. Uh, I have a lot of them because, like I said, I kind of got obsessed with pre-slaughter and pre-the present booming costs. I, I just bought lots of job lots of pre-slaughter figures on eBay. Yeah. And just collected this heap. I've got so many magic users. And so few fighters. Because <laughs> <laughs> for some reason, people didn't like the magic users. I don't know why. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, and quite often they're misnamed uh, on eBay. They're often down as grenadier figures and they're not. So, obviously, the people who are selling them don't look at the base, which says GW. All right. So, uh, yeah. Mm. Um, I might pop in a pre slot to more for you to paint. Might, why not? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'll see what so I can do with that. They are yeah, quite yeah. a bit smaller. Than yeah. 
there's a lot of dwarves there. The height's about the same, but they're not as bulky. Yeah. Uh, and you're, I'm sure you've got, I, again, from your background, I see good, I see Felix. I have that Felix figure. Yes. Uh, yeah. I'm sure you've got Gothric. I do. And he's huge compared to these. He's just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's like a giant dwarf. Uh, so, but yeah, these are guys I'm hoping to uh, use for my first edition. I don't know where you'd need a standard with an army of 12 people. But. Yeah. <laughs> it looks good, mate. The standards just make everything. The battlefield looks really good with standards on it. So how, how did your interview with Henry Hyde come about? How did that come, come around, mate? Well, I'm a Patreon, a patron of his Patreon site. And oh. he was looking for people to interview. And I said, I'm in Japan. I'll, I'll, be, I'll chat. If you want to have a chat, I don't know what I've got to say that's that interesting. <laughs> if you want to chat with me, you can. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's more, it, I felt a bit bad that it, it's not that much wargaming. It's more about life. Yeah, it was lovely talking to him, but I did feel a bit like, you know, to me, luminaries of wargaming we've got serious things to talk about wargaming and this i'm just some bloke i really am just some bloke that plays games uh yeah i've written nothing for wargaming i just my blog is it now but yeah and it was lovely to chat but it's a lot about yeah my life <laughs> it's a bit weird when i think about it yeah. have a listen you'll learn a lot about my life yeah definitely for sure mate yeah yeah You'll hear a lot about my feelings about gaming in Japan, which maybe see how close they mirror your kind of feelings. Uh, yeah, it's a. Uh, it was nice talking to you. Right, excellent. That's nice. Yeah, I love Henry. I, you know, I, I, I sort of, uh, you know, got to know Henry through the Meeples and Miniatures podcast. Me too. Classic, classic podcast. Yeah. And I love those so, views views on the veranda. Yeah, episodes. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. So I found your podcast because of Mike Hobbs. Ah, of course, you, Mike. You Mike. That that was it, he yeah. was on my Instagram on Twitter. Yeah. Sadly, you know, passed, passed. out. Yeah, it's so tragic, mate. Bloody tragic. I couldn't believe that. I'm still so, stunned to that to this day. Like I, I still listen to the Meeples and Miniatures podcast when I'm painting. You know, to still listen to it. And it's just, it still just blows me away that he's gone. I can't believe it. Such a young so, guy, you know. Huge shock. That's, uh, yep. That's, that's how I found you. Otherwise, I wouldn't have found oh, yeah. you. <laughs> Amazing. Okay. So, yeah. yeah. It's been good. Yeah. I've been enjoying your podcast. Yeah. Good stuff. Thank you. Thank you. And I was honoured that uh, Mike could to could talk to me that, that day. So, yeah. yeah. I was very much in, uh, very, very much in awe of Mike and his... Uh, <laughs> I was a bit star starstruck to be honest, but um, uh, yeah, he's a lovely guy, and yeah, he's really passionate about Epic Space Marine and Man of War, which are you know two games that I absolutely love. So I've never played Man of War. Oh, mate, you've got to play Man of War. That's it. We've we've got that date set then. Man of War. It's it's the thing. (laughs) Yeah, I I actually I actually bought that in Japan from a guy um, living here uh, who was a bit reluctant to sell it at first. Okay. and that's Bruce, Bruce McBain. Maybe you might know him from the uh, from the Facebook groups or whatever. But lovely guy. And uh, yeah, and eventually um, we came to a deal on that. Uh, very generous deal from from uh, from him. So yeah, I, I got into the game that way. So and haven't regretted a single second of it, mate, because it's been absolutely fantastic. 
Yeah, okay. it's one, of the, one of the gems. Yeah, you'll love it. Yeah. So does it does it play like Napoleonic naval? Or does it play? I've never played an, I've never played any other naval game apart from it, and I'm never I'm not a naval person. Okay. You know, give, okay. give me a naval game. I'm not interested in it. But for some reason, because we'll have a background and that kind of thing, um, it's you know it's it's essentially a games workshop game, but it's an alternative activation game, which is quite a departure from their usual game okay. systems. So you're basically activating either a, um, a squad of ships or just an independent ship, and then your opponent activates a ship. And you basically just do all your actions. So you move and shoot um, and resolve all your actions at, at once. And you have various tables and charts. Like all the ships have a template. So when you roll your dice to shoot, You've got this template that you put down at the at the at the uh, the fore of your ship, and whatever it hits, um, it's either, cool. yeah, short, medium, long range. And yeah. if you it, if you're hitting them at the short at the short range, they get a minus one to their saves. And you just roll the dice, and you say, I'm going to either aim high or low. So for for example, if you aim low, which is where you really what really want to hit, because you want to hit the hole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you 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 roll the dice. You, you know, I roll a three, a five, and a six. Well, that hits this this location, this location, this location. I'm going to roll these saves. If I fail, I, I, it causes damage. If I pass, it you know it rebounds off, kind of thing. And you do critical damage, and eventually you'll seek your ships. You can ram them if you if you if you if it's possible for your ship to do that. You can board them. You've got magic in there. You've got um, mana war cards, which are wonderful. They're like randomly drawn cards that you get at the beginning of the game, which sort of improve your mana wars, uh, so to speak, give them sort of a, like magic items, basically. Yeah. And yeah, it just everything, the whole the whole genetics of that game, just everything about it is just awesome. Yeah. Um, so, it, it sounds really cool. It sounds really yeah. good. I think it, you'll like it. Yeah. When you're talking about it, there are definite kind of age of sail ship ideas are aiming high and aiming low sails versus hull. That's very much an age of sails kind of mechanic. When you talk about the templates, it kind of rem reminds me of the vehicle manual in Road yes, Trader. Very much so. Yeah. Do you penetrate? Yeah. I love that idea. <laughs> it's terrible for a war game. Yeah. Yeah. It's the way it was done in Rogue Trader. It, it took such a long time. You went from basically vehicles being like a normal figure with toughness, etc., to being almost a mini game in and of itself, which I loved as a teenager. Mm. We never really used it because it just took too long. Where's the template? Where's the page? I've lost the I've lost them. Where's that gone? Ah. And I just yeah. It's, it sounds great. I'd love to try it. Love to try it. Yeah, I think you'll like it. I, I do like the vehicles, the, the the vehicle manual. They brought it for Road Trader. Mm. I mean, they, they were in my comic shop when I was a you know seventeen year old looking for stuff because they had just one wall dedicated to GW stuff. And yeah, I loved looking through that thing. I looked at the templates and I thought, wow, that looks so cool. Yeah. Um, the only book I don't have here is Wild Yorks. Oh right, the orc books. Yeah, they look the beautiful. Right, okay. Uh, well, that'll be in your shopping list then. Yeah. So yeah, I was. I have to tell my wife if I drop dead at some point, she should sell these books. Don't throw them in the bin. Don't sell. Don't them the throw book them in the bin. Give them to Josh. <laughs> I'll give him my address. 
I love the, the the revival of these games. It's it's a good thing, you know. Uh, Man of War, like I said, I never never played. I liked Space Fleet Gothic. Gothic, that was good. Uh, Blood Bowl, second edition, with the Astro Granite pitch. That's the Blood Bowl for me. <laughs> Again, not the easiest game to forever to play one match. And playing a season was a bit ridiculous, but Space Hulk, you can't get better. I love Space Hulk. Mm. Uh, I've got Hero Quest here. Love I break out my group. Uh, but two people in my group have just bought the new Hasbro one, of the reprint of Hero Quest. I'm like, hmm, it's the same game with worse minis. Exactly. They're <laughs> terrible. Yeah. Awful. Why would I play it? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. But that being said, some new stuff is not bad. I've got. Have you played, you probably haven't, you played Heroes of Normandy? Sorry, this is not Old Hammer, even slightly. I apologise for the podcast. <laughs> Wait, we're, we're okay. We're, we're fine, mate. Have you played Heroes of Normandy? Which is a Heroes of Normandy. Heroes of Normandy. Now, I've heard the name. It's a, it's a, um, sorry, mate. What? It's a skirmish kind of game. If you had minis, it would be 15 mil, but they're flat tokens instead of figures that you move around the board. Yes, I think I think one of my actually one of my neighbours and and sadly we haven't caught up since COVID, but um, a guy who lives really close to me. He brought over a game which was I think was that was Heroes of Normandy. It was a board game, mm-hmm. and you had tokens of World War Two, and you had Germans and Americans, and you had like these little round tokens, and you'd set up. It's a strategy game basically, yeah. and it looked uh, really so good. I, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. I've got Heroes of Blackreach, which is Ultramarines versus Orcs. Oh, really? Which is much more our sort of thing. Well, wow, so, okay. Yeah. Uh, which is a nice little game. Nice little game. Uh, this isn't exactly the same, but it's just Warhammer skin rather than World War II skin. Uh, right. Yeah. Yeah, and, I enjoyed the World War II. You know, I enjoyed the World War II skin on that. I, I, you know. I'm willing to give things a go. Like, you know, I, I do play modern stuff. It's not that I just play old old stuff and that's it. I play um, A Song of Ice and Fire, which is a Kickstarter oh. I backed and really enjoy it. I love it. You know, it's all PVC miniatures, which technically I should hate, but yeah. uh, these miniatures are actually quite good. Um, they don't have all, they don't have that um, horrible characteristic where the, the weapons bend and yeah. they're all droopy and all that kind of stuff. Thankfully, they've used like proper... Um, like hard plastic for all the weapons and stuff, but designs are good. That you know they're getting much better. The new stuff is quite nice, and yeah, we're, it's still it's still one of those kickstarters. I'm actually still playing. Amazingly, a that's lot of the other stuff I just sold, yeah. yeah, sold off because I just never played it. But I yeah, that's, that's a really good game. Keep it. Yeah, <laughs> and keep it's it. become part of the furniture now. You, you're probably you're probably sitting on it. <laughs> it's probably a chair now. <laughs> more comfortable than the chair I'm sitting on. Yeah. <laughs> I've been playing, sorry, again, a modern game. I've been enjoying Burrows and Badgers. Oh, right. Um, I've been looking at that. Metal minis. Metal minis, like they should be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're they're great. Uh, But pull us back to Warhammer. But still an old hammer. One of the the best kind of board game adaptions for me would be Forbidden Stars, 
which is a fancy flight four player faction 4x 40k game which again it's, you can't get a copy of it without paying stupid money uh, I was giving it for Christmas when it was still being sold by Fantasy Flight if you can get a copy I think you'd love it it's a, a great game with you know building your, your your areas land combat space combat dice and go. it's got too many elements that shouldn't work but it works really well uh, mm. a, a bit like again a lot of the old games there are too many elements that shouldn't work but put it all together it works really really well uh, yeah okay interesting um that's huge i can't bring it when i'm busy it's a big box yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, i'm playing test of honor I, I, I love test of honor i think it's a great system uh, i introduced it to paul uh, two weeks ago and he really liked it too um yeah another great game another sort of yeah it, it's got you know old school in its dna you know mm. what i mean it's simple i like i like the simplicity of it um it doesn't you know it doesn't require you flipping through the book every five seconds it's pretty light um but it's got a really really good theme to it and uh, there's, there's a lot to it you know i think i like games which have kind of light rules but there's more substantial amounts of detail or there's there's events that will happen randomly through cards or that kind of thing that sort of you know sort of bring out the flavor of, of a theme in a game um, so at the moment i'm working on the peninsula and the podionics again sorry for being completely off off yeah yeah of, uh kills a standard line whatever yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh because i, I want to play you might not know do you know howard whitehouse no, I don't. He's a rules writer. Uh, he wrote, he's written many rules, but he wrote a set of rules called A Gentleman's War, which is kind of trying to get a Orwellian, no, Wellesian style of wargaming without firing ball bearings at your figures. So right, it's okay. really <laughs> a toy soldier kind of aesthetic to the game. Mm. Uh, the rules are really good. Again, they're card driven with random card strangeness coming in uh but he was the rules are very good but he's just very nice i, I was i'm in that facebook group and i was telling him i want something for my 15 mil sci-fi that i've got uh and he just fired me over said there's some unpublished rules david give them a try I'm like, thank you very much nice. <laughs> like, they were really good uh again they've got enough random stuff for a solo player uh to, to enjoy because yeah, again random events if i'm not writing a narrative like i do for my blog mm. i want random things to happen rather than me just controlling everything uh, yeah uh, yeah and that's a a good way to come back to the what i'm mostly doing at the moment which is 40k road, road trader blogging mm. and the narrative is mostly coming from random roles in the road trader book on the narrative uh, tables, which I assume you've seen, uh, which give you kind of a fear, fear, a feel or an idea on what mm. to play. Nice. That sounds good, mate. Well, I'm really, I'm really looking forward to us playing a game at some point in the future. It's going to happen. Yeah, you should do. You should do. Uh, yeah. During one of the holidays, I teach during the school school period, so 
Right. Often. Okay. So, yeah. And I will, because you've got a family, I'll probably come to you. Yeah. Yeah. That might be a good Please. idea, mate. Or, yeah. Or I can come to you or whatever. Mind you, your apartment's quite small. I don't know if you'll fit me in there, mate. The six foot yeah. four Australian. <laughs> I'll have to lose some weight by the time I get there. <laughs> but uh, I, I'm just thinking, how far, you know, you know, Mustafa? You know, the guy Mustafa? Indeed, yes. Yeah, he's an old hammerer. Again, I loved his art in the yeah. Warlock book. Yeah. Warlock exclamation mark. Again, it's beautiful old school art. I bought the books because he put one of the pages up and I've been running a warlock game for about a year and a half. Wow. Just because of his art. So if right. you talk to him, his art's a great, a great influence on my gaming, my role playing at least. Yes. Yeah. Well, I'm definitely going to get Mustafa back on just to talk about his artwork. Cause last time I had him on, we just talked about his, you know, his hobby history and that kind of stuff and what sort of stuff he was into and his collections and everything. But yeah, I said, we would definitely have to get you back on to talk about, all the commission stuff he's doing because he's doing a lot of work. He's very active in that kind of old school role play, uh, tabletop wargaming kind of air, um, you know, industry. So, so he's where, where is he in relation to? Because I'm pretty far west compared to you. Yeah, <laughs> mate, I don't. I can't remember where he's actually located uh, exactly. So yeah, we'll have to get you guys in touch because you're probably a lot closer to him than you are to me. So. Yeah, it'd be yeah. good because he loves second edition uh, Blood Bowl. I've got I've got a Dark Elf team sitting here that's just sitting on a shelf, mate. He's got he's got miniatures there, and I I sent him the um I sent him those Blood Bowl books because someone gave someone kindly um donated it to me. Okay. Uh, and I thought he'll he he'll appreciate them more than I will, so I sent him those. So he's got yeah. the books, he's got the rules, you got the pitch, you got the figures. Mate. I've got the, also, I've also got first edition Blood Bowl in here. Oh, right. Were, um, you, were, you the, were you the person trying to sell it on, on the... No, um... not at all. Not at all. I'm not, not part with my mate. Okay. <laughs> Someone was trying to sell one, which really blew me away on the on the Facebook group under Japan, the buy and sell group. Yeah, uh, for, 100, for 100 bucks, you could buy I'm one. Not, yeah. I'm not, I'm not a member of that group. I don't think the buy and sell in Japan. Right. Okay. Well, someone someone's trying to sell. I don't know if he ever sold it, but he, yeah, I was looking at it thinking... That's a nice bit of history. I don't think I'll ever play it. Um, and yeah, if, if I had the money, it would be just nice to just buy as a sort of a historical, you know, through uh, my collection. Cold, dead hands. You can take my, my, through my cold, dead, dead hands. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe you need a second copy then, mate. <laughs> no. Not to tempt you any uh, further, but yeah, look like it's a pristine condition. Play. I think second edition is better. Yeah. The first edition Blood Bowl is very much a, a skirmish war game with oh, a, right. veneer of, a veneer of American football. Right. Uh, whereas I think second edition gets more of the American football feel. Uh, yeah. I would say probably third edition is a better game. Mm. It's just more streamlined, uh, which I'm sure is heathenous for Mustafa if he hears me saying this. <laughs> I think third edition is a better game. Yeah, uh, it just plays so much more cleanly. Uh, yeah, yeah. And having the limited turns for a game compared to second edition is first to three touchdowns. It could take you an afternoon. 
to score three touchdowns. Right. <laughs> I love it, but it is what it is. Uh, yeah. 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 I love the models from second edition, especially. Uh, the miniatures are beautiful. Yeah. The designs are great. Yeah. Uh, and again, going back to this white door, this 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 issue, mate. If you haven't got it, you should get a hold of this. Just look at the back of that. You got oh, blood yeah. ball stuff blood ball. in the back as yeah. well. Awesome. Uh, I always try to uh, emulate big gun Sean, his uniform, which is incredibly complicated. And I could never do it. It just ends up this horrible blue yellow mess. <laughs> All the striped pants. Yeah. Yeah. Which it's is hard a to do, mate. Painting. Yeah. 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 Wonderful. Okay. We'll have to get you guys in contact then and see how far away you are realistically for you guys to get together and have a game because yeah he'll be definitely keen for sure mate yeah because um yeah that'd be good okay we'll definitely do that but anyhow mate thank you very much for joining me it's getting a little bit it's getting a little bit late we're in the morning now almost one o'clock in the morning so i don't want to keep you away from your your sleeping time so uh but thank you so much again it's really a pleasure to talk to you mate honestly it's been great to make contact and now that we have We'll keep yeah, in contact and then we'll definitely get something uh, sorted out in the future. Indeed, that'll be great fun. And like I said, let me know your address. I'll make a parcel up for you. Oh, thank you. That'd be oh, wonderful. That's all right. And I hope, I hope to return the favour, mate. Yeah, for, for sure. No worries, okay. no worries. Thank you thank very you. much again and take care, mate. Thank you for having me. All right. Okay, anytime. Bye. Goodbye. <laughs>